I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. For all NBA NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. Next question from our guy Adele. Should the Warriors switch up their coverage on Fox and trap him more? I think they should. I like throw a few, and I think we 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 said that as well um, in the last podcast. Like show him some other coverages, and you know, because this is the reason why people think that he's outplaying Steph, and not that that's the reason they should do it, but it's just like, you know, you might want to slow him down a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. And for the most part, early in the game, I mean, before Jamon got. Cost, they were containing him very well in his drives. Um, Sabonis is a good screen setter, but Wiggins kind of goes under those screens, and then Draymond will do like a, a soft trap, right, where he's just like directly in front of Fox until Wiggins can get back in front. And they both have enough length and size that it makes it tough for uh, Fox to just throw that pass over the top. And it kind of stifles Fox. We've seen him multiple times. Like he just got in the paint, and he just didn't have anywhere to go, so he had to throw it back out. Or he tried to, like, um, get around Wiggins one time, got a hooking foul, offensive foul call. So that that really throws him off a little bit. But what doesn't throw him off is the drop coverage that they run when it's Looney instead of Draymond defending. And he's just walking into mid-range, open mid-ranges and floaters. So specifically when it's Looney, they should probably try that Draymond-esque coverage, even though he isn't as quick on his feet as Draymond is. Yeah. But just, yeah, just step up a little bit higher for Looney and just live with the results, make them pass it to Sabonis, and then have somebody come over from the weak side and try to help on that. But they can't let Fox get cooking because if he gets cooking, then some of those twos are going to turn into threes, where none of Sabonis' twos are going to turn into threes. So I'd rather get cooked by Sabonis than Fox. Right. Um, Next question is from our girl, Nikki Face. Hypothetically, if we're down 10, the dubs, that is, which lineup would you like to see regain the lead? And is that the same lineup you want closing the game? So thank you for the question, Nikki Face. I think we talked about which lineup we might like to see close, right? It's basically GP2 in place of um, Loon. So with respect to like if they're down um, double digits or, you know, there's a lead that they need to try to come back from, is that the same lineup you want out there? For sure. That is the lineup. I mean, to answer the first question, which lineup would I like to see regain the lead? Whichever lineup that can do it. But I think I feel most confident in that lineup doing it. Okay. Um, Look at this. We talked about this um, sort of at the beginning, and I really didn't realize this question was here. But Zach has controlled the pace, and our lack of cohesiveness seems to be exposed. What do you think we need to do to fix that? Take care of the ball. (laughs) <laughs> literally like i said earlier they're they are getting out and running more than the warriors because they have more opportunities to the warriors are turning the ball over more um and the type of turnovers that the warriors are given are the live ball ones that you can 
just run straight down into a fast break where even though Sacramento also had non-turnovers in the first quarter of last game, a lot of them were like offensive fouls, out of bounds, stuff like that where the ball stops and you got to break it out. So right. do not turn the ball over live. That'll do it. Um, I mean, we've talked a lot about adjustments already, but this next question is top three key adjustments needed to close out the series. So of some of the things that we've said they should do, whether it's the lineup changes with putting um, GP2 in or whether it's showing some different coverages uh, to Fox, anything else we talked about. Are any of those your top three key adjustments? We talked about not turning over the ball. Um, mm. Or is there something else? What would you consider the top three key adjustments needed to close out the series with a W? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely lean into playing that lineup with Gary Moore. It doesn't have to start, but they got to play it more. And they should close with it. Two is just overall more focus. So that includes um, taking care of the ball. That includes taking better shots. That includes making layups because they missed a few layups <laughs> last game too. Um, and then definitely switching up that drop coverage on Fox because he's just walking into open shots and that you're going to lose. You're going to lose. So uh, those would be my top three. Yeah, so I think um... – you mentioned like focus and so that includes like just the shots. So I guess like, yeah. Cause I mean, within that, one of the things I would just like to see them do is utilize wigs more. Um, mm -hmm. But it doesn't have to be like him taking degrees. Like I just want him more going downhill, posting up, you know, mm -hmm. things like that, getting some easier buckets. Um I would really like to see that happen because I just, I think in this series, I mean, obviously I, I think Clay will shoot and do what he needs to. And he's for the most part been decent, you know, um, defensively, but I just think that Wiggs as like an element here, that's really needed. Um, mm -hmm. His athleticism, his ability to defend it. He, need, he needs to get us some more boards, you know, like they need to get back to rebounding as a team, you know, and doing it by committee. And so, but he's, he's a key part of that. He is a key part of that. He should be getting five, six post-ups a game. Easy. Especially if you're going to put Fox or Monk on him. It should be a bucket every time he posted Fox up once, got an easy layup. And I think he drove from the wing once and got an easy layup on Fox. He's too small. And he's exerting a lot of energy running their offense and trying to follow Steph and, and guard Steph all the time. So the moment he gets put on Wiggs, it should be give Wiggs the ball in the post. Oh, and there you go. That's one of my top key adjustments. And that's uh, put the ball in Steph's hands and let the man go do what he needs to do. <laughs> sure. To run more pick and roll. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. They're generating a lot of good offense off that pick and roll. So Yeah. Um. Okay, um, from LD. Um, assuming two home wins, what's the game plan for game five? I mean, let's just be careful not to look too much ahead because I don't like to do that. But we, we've we talked about this a little bit too on the last pod. So go ahead, Justin. I'll let you have it. 
Yeah, I mean, I would say it's all the things we were already just talking about. Like, I think their game plan for game two was pretty spot on. They locked Sacramento up in the first quarter. They just turned the ball over too much. So if you do that, you know, limit the threes from the Herders and the Keegan Murrays and the Malik Monks and, you know, discourage threes from Harrison Barnes. But you want Davion Mitchell shooting jumpers, you know, not – wide wide open but you want him to shoot jumpers you want darren fox shooting long threes instead of mid-ranges and that'll be the bulk of your defense and that should be enough to stop them from getting 130 125 you know and then on the other end take care of the ball they can't guard you simple as that put the ball in steph's hands they're going to trap him majority of those possessions draymond and looney make good decisions with the ball wiggins post up then boom cut to the basket lay it up it can't guard you. Simple as that. Simple as that. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Um. Okay. This uh, next question we also sort of already touched on earlier. Um, why was Sabonis just issued a tech? Shouldn't that have been a foul and a tech? I think probably a flagrant foul is what they're asking. Um. Or no, just a foul, a personal foul. Like a personal foul, yeah. Yeah. I'm not really sure of that rule, to be honest. That makes sense, though. But I think he should have gotten a flagrant, too. Yeah. Not flagrant, two, number two. Right. But flagrant, flagrant two. Also. Yes. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree on that. But that's just, I don't know. I guess we got to go to Secaucus about why that, why that <laughs> wasn't a personal file in that tech. Um, Final question. It's time for a new system around Steph. What type of system maximizes Steph at this stage in his career? Um, and this is from Trapanese 01, because Trapanese 01 feels motion is getting hard with two non-scoring threats starting. Hmm. I mean, I think Steph at this point in his career can play in any system, right? So as far as a system that maximizes Steph individually, um, obviously a spread offense with like a lob threat and other shooters around him where he can just like pretty much dice you up one-on-one, you know, all the time. But that's not always going to win you a championship. You know what I mean? I do think the formula for Steph in this Warriors team that they've had for this decade, it works, right? But I think this year they dropped the ball on like some of the roster building things as far as getting some bigs in there and just having them uh, more size and length defensively because it's pretty much been like give them just enough size defensively that they can be an elite defensive team and then Steph is going to figure out the offense because he's that good of an offensive player. Like there's not one situation you can put him in where he's uncomfortable offensively. He's always going to make it work. 
And that's just, it is what it is. So I think it's more so about maximizing the warrior ceiling because Steph is going to be Steph regardless. So I don't think they need to change the system. They just need to tweak a few things and make sure the roster fits what they, what they really want to do. So. No, there you have it. A comprehensive uh, responses to your questions. So I I think we got one more. Oh, we do at the top. At the top. From DJ. Did you see it? You see it? No, I don't. Go ahead, just read it. Uh, It's from DJ Nib J. It's it's more of a comment, but uh, he said after the after a defensive rebound slash a Warriors miss, the Kings are scoring at a pace of one point three points per possession, and are averaging ten seconds per possession. So they're scoring a lot and they're doing it fast. They're running a fast break on offense after we miss. If we stop the ball after we miss, we can win the game. In the half court, their efficiency is 89. I'm assuming 89 uh, per 100, like offensive rating, which is terrible. Super low. So that's what he said. I agree. Mike Brown knows you got to push the pace. And after every time the Warriors turn it over or miss, the Kings are just pushing it, pushing yep. it, pushing it. So um, get back on defense. <laughs> Stop the ball early, get back on defense. It's hard to stop Fox in transition because he's so fucking fast. I've literally been on the court with him trying to stop him in, in transition, and he is extremely fast. So, um, yeah. Humble brag. Humble brag, right? Uh, yeah. That's as simple as that. You keep him in the half court as much as possible, they're not going to score a lot. Right. And that's, that's just it. That's one thing they have in common with Memphis. Right. I mean, in general, it's just hard to score in a half court in the NBA. Teams are so good on defense. Right. Like, there's <laughs> so many athletes and stuff out there. That's why the Warriors got to do a better job of forcing them into misses and pushing on their end, too. So, yeah. Well, all right. Justin, this has been fun. Yeah. People, I hope yeah. you've enjoyed. We've done our best <laughs> to answer your questions. Um, you know, dubs, it's go time. So thank you for tuning in. If you, if you did miss our last episode, we did a recap (laughs) of, of game two. Um, some of the stuff we got into more, into more detail and, and more. So you can check that out. And then also, I hope you enjoyed this mailbag. We answered your questions and we'll be back after game three which is on Thursday, right? Yep. So we'll be back after game three, guys. So hopefully this is enough to to, to marinate and we will see what happens. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you leave us a five-star rating and give us a positive review. Make sure you're following on Twitter and Instagram at Golden Spaces Pod. Share, tell people about it. Give us feedback. Continue to engage with us in the mailbag. Do it all. We, we, we really appreciate you. Until next time, this is Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast with Justin and Matt. Take care.